Um, today, this little sermon is titled, Jesus Cleans for Freedom, <laughs> because I couldn't decide on one, and this was the last one that I tested on the slide, so hopefully it makes sense. But um, before we get rolling, does anybody have good news to share, or something positive that happened to them this week, or anything good and exciting? Praises. Kids go back to school on Monday. Tomorrow. Kids go back to school. Yeah, that's a phrase. <laughs> They'll probably be calmer next Sunday. <laughs> the Patriots lost. Patriots lost. <laughs> he looked pretty good so far. Anything else? I actually, it's not like good news, but it's something I wanted to say. Um, um, I made a, a a stupid little jerky comment last Sunday when I was teaching, and most of you probably just don't, don't think anything about it, but it just really kind of bothered me that I didn't think it was the right thing to say, and um, two or three weeks ago, I kind of like, I didn't resolve, but I just, I just want to do better in everything that I do, and I just don't think that what I said was... It's one of those things like it's, it's just her being her, and sometimes that's not a positive. And it's one of those faults I think gets overlooked and everything. And I, uh, like I said, I, I, I just apologize for it and uh, try to do better. Thanks, her. That takes guts to do that in front of a whole room of people. So, oh, yeah, practice. But thanks, that's awesome. We could all be more like her. But I think the lesson is, uh, that was a joke, I'm laughing. But call, start calling her about, that's what we can take away from that. <laughs> um, and all jokes aside, uh, let's begin. So, uh-oh, is this just going to play? Okay, so <laughs> this is really cute. <laughs> but uh, every week we usually have a Bible verse, or verses, and this week it's Mark 21 through 45. And uh, we, I finally figured out, thanks to Quinn, how to use the information that the people who provide the lectionary, you know, how, how they, I've, I've been able to figure out how to use it. <laughs> I didn't know until like two weeks ago. And um, they suggested that either last week or this week, we watched this film or this little clip on YouTube. And I was like, oh, why didn't Herb use this? <laughs> And it's honestly not that bad, but it is just a little, like, theatrical um, theater, what's it, like, black box theater kind of style uh, interpretation of Mark 1 through 45. So we normally read it, and today we're going to watch it, because why not? So take it with a grain of salt, because it's a little, it's very theatrical, but I think we'll pay attention more, you know? So here we go. <laughs> Uh oh, wrong one. Or wrong one. Uh, how can I do this? Play video. It's about five minutes. Oh, can't even hear it. Do what? There we go. I think we've got it. Try, try that again. Oh, you do. Speaks the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get into Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof about Jesus and after digging. Oh my gosh, that's not even the right one. 
<laughs> it looks good. Now you know why I didn't do it. Maybe I'll unplug it. Zacchaeus' stories is a good one, though. So mm-hmm. I know they're all. It's, Mark is really. We got like out through the room. Uh, I don't think he just had the guy He was a wee little man. <laughs> and a wee little man. Okay, this is better. It always bothers me because I was like, they tore a hole in a roof. It's good enough. It's Just the. <laughs> it's like Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, my love. With you I am well pleased. And once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels tended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, they saw James on Zebedee and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them 
as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as he left the synagogue, he went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many with various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you! <laughs> Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else. <laughs> nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came, and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went away, began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Okay, so for those who are listening or re-listening on the podcast, just go to YouTube, type in Max McLean, Gospel of Mark, and you will find what we just watched. Um, so, okay, so yeah, that's, uh, might have you guys might have had a little flashback to maybe 10 or 20 years ago at a different church you've gone to. I know I did. Um, but I thought it was kind of nice, a different way to absorb the scripture um, rather than just reading it, and which I enjoyed just reading it as well, but, um, you know, mixing things up. So, yep, okay, sorry, just getting organized. So anyway, Jesus came to clean up. So in uh, this is a dense text, 
and in the sense that there's a lot that goes on in a short span as far as the verses go. And during my research, I found a sermon that focused solely on the significance of Jesus speaking in the temple in Capernaum. And, um, and we're, I guess we're going to touch on that a little bit, but uh, I will, yeah, I'll come back around on that. So there's, there's just so much in that, um, but I ended up choosing the, how, how Jesus came to clean or clean up. Um, so today we're going to focus on the miracles that Jesus performed and the depth within them. But first we have to rethink the word clean, uh, because our version of clean is not the version that comes across in the story. So the, the three miracles that we had heard of in the video, uh, Jesus removes the evil spirit, uh, he, heal, he heals Simon's mother-in-law, and he cures the leper. Um, so I do have a couple little little clips of the Bible verses in there, but uh, 40 through 42, a man with leprosy came to him, begged to him on his knees, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. He said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Um, so he wasn't, you know, he didn't get a shower. He he had something uh, removed from him. And this is kind of what we, I think, think of clean, cleanliness in America. Uh, when we think of cleanliness, we think of aisles of products and shampoos and conditioners uh, product solutions to kill things that we can't see on the surface, like the floor, like floors, counters, and our skin. And to us, it is something that needs to be controlled and managed to such severity that we need aisles and aisles of options. Uh, and clearly, big corporations have seen and taken advantage of our fears and do everything they can to make money off of our desires to be the right kind of clean. But in terms of Jesus and what we are talking about today, this definitely misses the mark. The cleanliness that Jesus blesses these people with, or these three that were mentioned in the miracles, is that of freedom. So cleanliness actually equals freedom. If we think about it, none of these people that Jesus performs miracles for have a sense of freedom in their society. Uh, the man that's possessed with the evil spirit is so coupled with it that, <clears throat> and that when uh, the spirit leaves his body, it shakes him violently, and he shrieks, and it's just so encompassed in his his own spirit. Um, and the exiting, so it just says he thrashes and shrieks, and we, you know, we got to see that man like kind of lay on the floor. But but this is the Bible. There's not a lot of like grandiose language, at least in, in English, we have all sorts of uh, words that make things more like beautiful, and lovely, and interesting, but um, the Bible doesn't quite do that, and so the exiting of this spirit was significant and noticeable enough uh, that in this moment that it was noted down for the rest of time in that verse in Mark. So Simon's mother-in-law is bedridden. And as a woman, she already doesn't have much going on for her in this society at that time. And the moment that she is healed, she gets up to wait on the men because she's finally free to get back to what has given her purpose in the world. And again, her getting up and waiting on her son and his, his buddies 
was clearly another moment of significance or else it wouldn't have been recorded in this way. And it's easy to think nothing of it because today our our jobs um, and the days that we can take off as you know sick days are few and far between. Uh, and often we go to work anyway. So I have, you know, most of you know, I have a part-time job at a brewery in town. And if you're not just, you know, dragging yourself across the floor, like you need to come in. And which is terrible, but it's like that in all places where they make food mostly. Um, and, and we go out and eat there and people get sick and that's how it spreads. But that's just how it is or else you can get fired. Um, but so this woman who only had, you know, waiting on others to call her own, couldn't even do that without Jesus giving her her freedom back, and he made her clean again. And then in the last example, uh, with the leper, the leper intentionally seeks out Jesus because he has hope in what he's heard, and that Jesus can make him clean again. And when Jesus does, he not only removes this infection from his body, but he gives him his life back. He no longer has to be outcasted and othered. He can return to society and the community that he once knew. And that the leper, in those examples at least, the leper was the only person who who believed in Jesus' abilities and like intentionally sought him out and came to him and found him. Um, and so cleanliness, the cleanliness that we are talking about can't be bought at Target in any of the aisles. Uh, Jesus equals cleanliness and cleanliness equals freedom. So when, you, when we say cleanliness from now on, think freedom. So now I would like to, a little help from you guys, since we have redefined cleanliness for the day, I want to know from you guys, uh, what are some examples that you can see from your own lives and the things that sneak in and make us, you know, unclean, uh, things that can take control of our freedom and that can, you know, possess us, so to speak. Uh, and this can be personal or just what you've observed from other people in your life. Um, and if it's quite enough, I, I can go first. <laughs> but does that question make sense? I think for me, it's when I start to feel um, discontentment, that kind of spirals into, um, depending upon what I'm discontent with, it usually spirals into materialism or um comparison with other people so it just I recognize that it starts with discontentment and then it just breathes into all kind of mm -hmm. other things yeah discontentment that's a good one I think one of the things I struggle with is like fear like fear of fear. yeah kind of like living your life to the fullest or doing what you really want to do and kind of get held back and not able to do as many like fun things or connect with as many people as I would want to because you just get anxious and mm -hmm. yeah trying to get over that yeah I think that one hits all of us at some point or another for sure it's the typical time of year to uh, uh, get back on track mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. eat better <laughs> maybe start exercising 
just start taking care of the the body because it, it helps the spirit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, even comparison or um, shame, even too, could wiggle in that. I I mean, you know, there's there's a lot that we've enjoyed from the holidays, but. It's a holiday. It's not every day. It's time to, uh, you know, come back from that and and uh, just start taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. Mm -hmm. the, being uh, very aware of how easy it is now to become too busy. Mm -hmm. Busyness. Um, fighting that. And then I think even the responsibility we have to, to not do it to other people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, at holidays, I thought were interesting how that's one of those times, and it's only once a year, so it's, it's, I think it's probably okay, but where we put stuff on other people's plates, like mm -hmm. we, we plan events that other people feel obligated to be a part of, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, next thing you know, everyone cal everyone's calendar is so full, they don't have time for God, you know, maybe they wouldn't use it, but they, right. don't, right. they don't have any time because they're so busy. So. Yeah. I know that um, that reminds me that most, more recently I've uh, you know been building my own like personal business and entrepreneurship has become a part of my life. And when the more it has become a part of my life, the more um, different my schedule has has been. And when you go you know your entire life you know working nine to five or being in school nine to five and then coming home and making sure you eat and then getting back to the busyness that you were just mentioning um, so you can be ready for the next day. When you go from that into um, complete, you know, space and time because now you build your own schedule and you can choose, you know, when to work and what to prioritize. Um, when I was going through that, still, I still am. Uh, but just having those larger gaps, and, and, and also I've been trying to be less, you know, less busy, not have a full schedule because it can take over my whole world. Um, but when I started getting used to, or having to get used to having such an open schedule or flexibility, I felt there was times where I would have a down moment, especially in the middle of the day when you know, everyone's at work and whoever my client might be is, you know, not with me at that time. Um, and I've gotten things done, it feels so uncomfortable to not be doing something or to not be busy and to not do the next thing or be out and about. And, and in my mind, I just, I start feeling guilty that I'm not doing enough or I start feeling anxious that I'm getting behind because I have nothing to judge. I don't have anyone to compare myself to like, like it would at a different job. Um, and I can totally relate to the guy who has the demon ripped out of him by Jesus because it, that's what it feels like. It's like you're having to pull this thing out of your mind and detach from it enough that it doesn't rule you and rule your thoughts anymore. Uh, so thank you to you guys for, for uh, what you shared. And from those examples, we can see that there's an important side to all of this. And important enough that uh, Jesus came on earth to help us clean it up and that we can be easily or that we can easily and often neglect. So that would be a giving and loving and community based side um, of, 
an openness, a flexibleness, um, a joy. And we, we might have, you know, clean, suave hair or overly fragrance-tied bedsheets or Febreze couches, but our internal upkeep may be completely neglected, even though we have all of those things. And it's our responsibility to keep this side of ourselves maintained and to hold each other accountable as well. Um, I kind of, I kind of see, or saw this, these verses as um, kind of like for those of you who have Netflix, if you've watched or maybe read the book, the Murray Kondo, you know, the magic of tidying up. And in the Netflix show, she comes into people's houses who just have tons and tons and tons of stuff, helps them, you know, pare down what they have and keep the things that they like and get rid of what they don't need anymore so that they have space. Um, and I kind of see Jesus as Marie because <laughs> he kind of comes in and like shakes out the dirt and like gives us a boost and a head start and then teaches us how to maintain a space like that or a space in our hearts like that. Um, and so Jesus, you know, showed us what we can do, the importance of quiet time and prayer and the importance of, you know, giving and selflessness and letting, letting anger go, letting frustration and anxiety go. Um, and now it's, it's our responsibility to recognize when it gets, you know, messy again or dirty. Um, so I guess I, I jumped ahead, but most of the time, the first step in getting clean is making things a little bit messier. And so how many of you guys have ever experienced, you know, this type of a picture where maybe you've gone to spring clean or reorganize a closet, uh, but as time went on, you felt like you made a bigger mess than what you started with? Yeah, everybody's nodding. <laughs> where, yeah, your room, all of a sudden, it looks like an explosion, and it's like, why did I do this? Um, so we saw this with Jesus in the story, um, that once the word of his miracle started spreading, everyone wanted his attention and to meet him. He becomes so popular in Mark well, that in Mark 45, it says Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet people still came to him from everywhere. And so I'm sure there was a point at the beginning where Jesus kind of felt like he was making a bigger mess or a fuss than the goodness that he was contributing. And the same can go for us in our personal lives and inner freedom. Cleaning up means taking things out, reorganizing them, reevaluating them, and either putting them back more neatly or, you know, tossing them to the curb or the recycling bin. Um, it will make, it will feel like we are making a big mess, but this mess eventually leads to freedom. So this type of inner clean, cleaning or cleansing. Uh, to find inner freedom is just as much a responsibility as taking our trash to the curb each week or recycling bin. <laughs> Jesus saved our souls from darkness, and we are reminded that this bright and clean of this bright and clean reality through baptism and communion. But because of our free will, we will have we have a hundred percent of the ability to, um, you know clean up our day-to-day -day or make a muck out of our day-to-day -day lives. 
and to bring in sickness, disease of the heart, and even evil. Um, but though we may become possessed by our obsessions, like guilt or anxiety, worry, anger, and the like, we can remember that we are not alone. Jesus is with us, and he has also placed people in our lives, uh, in our lives that can hold us accountable and that are willing to listen or share their advice. And if you guys don't believe me on that, which I know this group is it's easy to believe that, but for some people, it's hard to believe. But um, if you guys know somebody who doesn't like sharing their opinion when people genuinely ask for it, please raise your hand. See? <laughs> Even, does that make sense, Quinn? Again. If you genuinely ask someone to share their opinion, do you know anybody who doesn't like that? Yeah, almost everybody. Really? I feel like. If I really said, what do you really think about, you know? Okay, yeah, maybe, the way... maybe almost everybody's overstated, but I, yes, I definitely know people. Like you that. do? Yeah. Hmm. I'll give my opinion hard. See, that, you've got to find a verb. <laughs> <laughs> If you really wanted to know, not necessarily like controversial things, but what do you think about this thing in my life? I have a problem, Quinn, and I need some help. So this is happening, and what should I do? Can you tell me? That would. Do you think the person wouldn't like that? <laughs> now you gotta try it. Are you asking if people don't like to give your opinion, or? No, I'm saying that if we are ever really feeling. Don't want the opinion. If we're ever feeling alone or like we need some advice or help or needing, you know, someone to lean on, even if you ask a stranger at Walmart, I mean, unless they're in a hurry or something, I think that most people are willing to to offer their thought on that. Does that make sense? But you're, but you're saying that the person asking really want to hear the opinion. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. No, it's not a question. I'm just saying. Okay. So, so I'm going to restate my answer. Okay. <laughs> it is. It's topic dependent. Right. Right. If, if it's a relatively straightforward thing that the person is confident in, yes, yeah, I would say almost everybody. If you open that door, they'll walk through it. Right. That's um, that's what I'm. Yeah, kind of getting at. But, Not necessarily like, oh, what's your opinion on politics and church? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if we're in need and we're kind of. Um, feeling maybe we don't want to dig into the word of God or that's not something that we do um, or we're not comfortable with, even then there are people placed in our lives that we can ask for, to, to lend an ear or to ask for help or help on a, you know, advice and getting out of a pickle or what to do. Um, so, yeah, at least at minimum someone to brainstorm with, I think, is, is easier to find. But because Jesus is there for us now and forever, he left behind an awesome uh, go-to list for us to cling to whenever we're feeling alone and lost in ourselves. So the list for, for Jesus <laughs> that he left behind for us in his story one, read the Gospels. Two, claim Jesus' authority over evil. And three, spread the light and goodness to others. 
Um, so this I can't claim, I didn't create this. I saw it within the text, but um, there was another pastor that kind of broke these three things down from Mark. And at first I was like, oh, I don't I don't know how, if that's, and it just seemed very like square to me, but once I started getting into it, it, it makes a lot of sense. So in Mark, we hear how the people were amazed at Jesus' teaching and miracles, and reading the Gospels often and frequently will show us and remind us the amazingness that was Jesus. And I promise that you'll find something new and inspiring every time, because I do. Um, just even reading this, this to prepare um, you know, I just kind of, it was a good reminder of how fascinating and interesting um, some of these stories can be. And now today we've got Google and with Google, <laughs> we can Google the words within the text and see their original meaning, which I love to do. Um, it's been great. <laughs> and being in Christ, claiming Christ, uh, evil has no authority over the man in the temple in Capernaum or us today. This confidence and knowing is a part of the good news of the kingdom of God. And finally, when Jesus came to earth, the kingdom of God broke into our world as evidenced by Jesus' teaching and miracles. God's kingdom continues to advance in the world today as lovers and followers of Jesus share his deep love with others in their lives. Sharing this love is something we can do often and frequently as well. And as we close, meditate on how you can help someone clean up their life by guiding them back to freedom, as well as how you can do this in your own life. So let's pray. And I'll, I'm going to post this up here while we Whoa. take communion. Nope, <laughs> we're not going to read it. <laughs> it's already been read, but um, if you want to see the text today, if you can, get your glasses out. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's pray. God... Thank you for bringing us all here today. And thank you for sending your son years ago to clean up the world and to give us our freedom and remind us that we are free and have free will. Be with us during our meal today that we can talk and commune with one another, um, that we can enjoy the time of fellowship that we have and that we can um, we can release the things that hold us back from our freedom that make us unclean and that we can release the, um, the things that we might see in others that hold us back from becoming closer and more loving and brothers and sisters in Christ. As we come for communion today, please bless your body to our bodies and your blood to our blood. In your name we pray. Amen.